Hello, everybody, and welcome to the season five finale of the Family Road Trip Podcast. You are with Greg and Stephanie Schleter and our dear, wonderful couples, the Beaties and the Elmores. And boy, has it been such a blessing to have them along on this journey. In short, folks, what's this all about if you're just tuning in now and you have no idea of the amazing, fun, engaging vitality that's just flown from these airwaves. You and just on. did a Stephanie. You did I? Like a lot of, well, I did. It's spouses influence each other yeah. in that way. It's good. You and me in the better. Awesome. So no, last seven weeks, folks, everybody who has joined us is committed to gathering with their families on a weekly basis to talk and pray. And if you're listening, there's a good likelihood that, that faith is very important to you, that you've made religious commitments and God pours out grace, certainly in the sacraments of the heart of this. But one of the greatest challenges is to live the relationship at the heart of religion, the relationship at the heart of ritual. We have to break through our awkwardness, our reservations, our fears, and our doubts, especially as Catholics, because many of us didn't really inherit the this, you know, frequency, if you will. This like a think of a radio dial, that it can be static or attuned. Many of us didn't really inherit how to kind of tune into one another and really be aware of one another's feelings and thoughts and their world. And so to gather on a weekly basis and do that using this live it gathering guide that you can find at ilovemyfamily.us. By the way, it's not limited just these seven weeks. We've been doing this almost on a weekly basis for seven years. And those who've been doing this have discovered just tremendous grace in their relationship to discover God alive in their marriages and families, to break through again, I keep saying it, the awkwardness, the fears, because it is all that. We're not used to bringing our families together and, hey, what struck you, challenged you, inspired you with the readings, or what are some fun questions that we can ask and do? I feel very discombobulated, but that's okay because, You're good. Uh, well, You're yeah. Good. So, the seventh week here, habit forming weeks. We've been with the Elmores and the Beatties. So, blessed to have you guys along the road trip with us. And I uh, want you guys just quickly, for those who have not been attuned, quickly introduce yourselves Elmores, Beatties. Who are you people? We're the Elmores. We have three beautiful boys and another baby on the way in December. Yay. And we live in Perrysburg, Ohio and have a chiropractic office there. And what is the name of that chiropractic? Chiropractic. chiropractic. <laughs> There's a new word, chiropractor. Actually, I really practice. like that. <laughs> you can use it. I will, yeah. It's Turning Point Chiropractic. Awesome. Look them up. I can't say it enough. You can hear me on every episode, I'm sure, just <laughs> with great gratitude singing praises. Just the real yeah. deal, the whole person, Sometimes faith at the center. Sometimes actually singing praises, yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank yeah. you. Yeah. So yeah, the turning point jingle is going to flow out of Stephanie's mouth at some point. Turning point chiropractic or turning point chiropractice, which it might be right. renamed someday. Yeah, right. you know? like so Perrysburg, Ohio, awesome. check them out and support them. Just really a gift. Let's go down to Dublin now with the Beaties. Who are you people? We're uh, uh, Rachel and Philip Beatty. Rachel is actually Greg's youngest sister, only sister. Yes, my favorite sister in the whole wide world. Mm -hmm. We have seven kids. Uh, The oldest are twins, twin girls who are 15, down to a two and a half year old. And we live in uh, Dublin, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus. With a cool name. Indeed. Yeah, and I neglected to show photos, but that's us. Um, so there's the Beaties right there, the beautiful Beatty family. Awesome. It's in Marysville, Ohio. Wonderful. Here is the Elmores, and we see their lovely family. 
so cute. Anyways, we can go back to the Schleters for us. There's some of us with Father Nick. Steph, how did Father Nick get in on the family photo? He gets <laughs> just so close to us. He's a family member. He is. He yes. is. That's many moons ago. There's though. the Schleters. Certainly not an updated. Look, Dominic towers over everybody. Indeed. In now he does. Yeah. Anyways. So, folks, just some quick commercials before we dive into this. It is the season finale, and we're going to kind of talk about the journey and how we've been blessed over these seven weeks. If you've been doing it with us, Hopefully you've got stories to share also how your family has more fully encountered Christ through one another and the challenges, but hopefully also an incentive to keep moving. That's what we're going to share the real stories tonight. Um, so before we do so, though, two commercials. So we've had a number of wonderful articles that have been printed, if you will, telling the story of what we're about, mass impact. What is it about? Basically, marriage and family revival. And we say Image Trinity is the name of our uh, nonprofit, Image Trinity. And we like to say live it because what is it? Imaging the Trinity. It's the nature of husband and wife and family. We are called, our identity and mission is to image the Trinity, to make God who is love known. So this is one of the more recent ones came out last week in the Legatus magazine. This is the centerfold, I guess you could call it. And you could find this online. If you looked out Legatus magazine, you'll see some phenomenal interviews from some people who've been impacted by Mass Impact, very close to our hearts, including our daughter's future father-in-law, Dr. Christopher Stroud, right here if you're online. You don't need to be online, by the way, to see the video, but there is a visual version of this program right now at ilovemyfamily.us, where you'll also find the past episodes, which you do want to see, by the way. Another of our favorites, Kevin Kelly. We feel so close to his family. Eight wonderful children. Their mom is looking down from on high. We seek her intercession and pray for her all the time. And uh, their children, we feel very much are our children. Steph's favorite son is Robert. The only one that she <laughs> cried for going away to college wasn't Joseph, wasn't commenting. Annie, wasn't John Paul, <laughs> but Robert went away to college. And, you know, if any of us want anything in our home, special things bought, we just know to go through Robert. Hey, ask Stephanie, ask your mom for this. And uh, typically happens that way. I'm I don't know where they smiling. got this picture from from me, but anyways. Then you got the Finleys who've been part of our family yes. road trip podcast. We love the Finleys. They are in Huron, Ohio, and just a marvelous story. Some of you have heard their story going from really some major challenges in their marriage to being tremendous influencers and impacting other marriages and a beautiful family, six children, as they've shared the story. And, uh, of course, our beloved Ericsons right there, um, which you may or may not see. But we love the Ericsons. They're in this Toledo area and do so much good for so many people touching so many lives and uh, very blessed by all these people. So check it out, Legatus Magazine. You can see there our, we're featured uh, in this last week's episode. So episode, magazine, uh, issue. And we are told it's also going to be in the print version of National Catholic Register. Another Is story. It? Sure. Wow. Okay. I didn't know that, but wonderful. And then what we got here is if you see, um, go to one, what is it? Oneheartonecity.us. Very sh briefly, it's an initiative we began three weeks before the George Floyd situation. And it was an initiative to essentially draw us together in what is most mm -hmm. common and most powerful for all of us. And what is that? Our core identity is made in the image of God in Jesus Christ. To discover that as all these whispers and lies and influences around us are whispering lesser 
identities, if you will, and so many of us are inclined to buy those identities, right? And they don't lead us anywhere. They're not uplifting, they don't last. Our core identity is our unsurpassed identity as sons and daughters of God in Jesus Christ. We have a three-night revival, some really phenomenal speakers, worship, a great opportunity to really more fully encounter Christ. We're doing it at one of the biggest parks here in the Toledo area, Swan Creek, 6 to 8.30, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You can find out more at oneheartonecity.us. And uh, we just do hope that you join us. Which of us aren't thirsting to more fully know Jesus Christ? Which of us don't feel our world needs to more fully know Jesus Christ? So join us in responding to your thirst and knowing that Christ will fill that. So there we go. All right, let's get on with our journey this uh, premiere, not premiere, this finale episode of the Family Road Trip Podcast. Are you guys ready for the lightning round? These are going to be somewhat easy, somewhat quick, like legit lightning with maybe... One a little, little bit, bit of thunder rolling, yeah, I like rolling that. across the um, sky. Um, okay, Greg said we're going to start with the Elmores. And Rachel Elmore, this is going to be an easy one just to warm you up. Are you a morning person or a night person? Morning. Jeff? Night for sure. Rachel? Beatty? Mostly morning. And I'm night. Greg? When I get up early, no. I love the mornings. Okay. <laughs> I I, like, I I do, no, but I am a night person. Like, Naturally, quick, I'm like, more inclined to stay up later than to get you're up earlier. You're a night earlier. person. Night <laughs> person. Morning person. So we, see, we all we all did, did we it rezzed. well. Yeah. We did I wanted it well. to qualify too, Greg. So don't worry. Thank you. Um, do you want to take one of these? No. Okay. You're doing a great Favorite job. summer activity, Jeff Elmore. Um, eating popsicles on the front doorstep with the boys. Oh, I love that. Uh, Rachel. Uh, walking to the Mommy River with the boys. Mm. Wagon, strollers, getting a coffee downtown. That's awesome. Love it. Uh, Philip. Uh, Do you want to phone bike. a friend? <laughs> Bicycling. Awesome. Uh, for me, it's creaking. There's a nice little park with a trail and a creek that we go to in every I, summer. I just want to like point out that word. Creaking, creaking. I like that. Like so I, I think expect of to be like doing it when I'm 90 <laughs> years old. My so bones. In parts of in spite of going to in parts of Pennsylvania, they would say creaking. I think oh, that yeah. I think the Elmores are are uh, wired to end creaking in people's lives. <laughs> <laughs> just me. I'm just saying. Do you have a favorite summer? I do. So I'm going to say truly anything where my family are just at peace and contented and enjoying and delighting life apart from the spaz fast nonstop activity, anything. Just the snapshot was you, Steph, again in Florida where you're able to break away and be in the pool and go back and forth and read a book. That just brought such delight to my little soul. So summertime activities all year round in yes. Florida is what you're saying. Sure. Um, the first thing that came to mind for me was just to be able to go out on the back deck early in the morning and have mm. quiet prayer time and drink coffee outside in the stillness and beauty of it all. So, um, okay, now we'll, we'll think a little bit more. Last Actually, one. no. Oh, this is the last one? Okay. Um, if you could trade lives with anyone for one day, who would it be and why? Mm. I would trade with Rachel Aww. so she could see what I, so I could see what I'm like, her eyes. Oh, that's a great answer. That's too wow. profound. Very cool. How do you follow up on that? That's I deep. know. Wow. This will follow up. I would trade with Stephanie Schleter. Oh, <laughs> sure. Oh. To see what it's like to like mother in her eyes mm. and like oh. raise saints and mm. to guide wow. me. Oh, thank you. Oh, yeah. 
Very Let's sweet. just spend a day together. How about that? Okay. <laughs> That's great. Beanies. I would say Karen Paris. She's the lead singer of the Innocence Mission. Oh, yeah. Wow. She is awesome. She lives in Pennsylvania. And she does all kinds of cool stuff. Like she sings, she writes such profound, beautiful music. And I'd mm. love to be in her head. Like she takes images and she forms them into like feelings. And she has two children. And I just get the sense that they kind of live off the radar mm. in just such a peaceful place. I love, like she breathes peace into me when I listen to her music. So I think that would be great to be like her for a day. That's a great answer, and I wouldn't Very have expected cool. that. Our family loves Innocence Mission is the name of their band, and it's a husband and wife duo. And uh, he plays guitar, she sings, and she is very poetic and thoughtful. Has a beautiful little children's lullaby album, among others, if that piques your appetite. The first album, I think the last track actually is called Medjugorje, which mm -hmm. she talks about having gone to Medjugorje in the tremendous piece, but many other songs. So it's a good one, Rach. Phil. Yeah. I would like to be president for a day. Yeah. <laughs> so would you like to switch with Donald Trump or you just want to be president? Whoever's in office. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll I don't want to ask you what you would do in that day in your Philip-like <laughs> executive orders, but I'm with you, buddy. I was going to say the same thing. Just, uh, just uh, I don't know, the handoff baton on that. I'd love to be the president for a day. I'd have a lot of fun. And uh, you know what? It's probably as, as long as they would handle me as 24 hours, I would get impeached. Yeah, that period of time. <laughs> probably, oh, probably, but that's okay. You probably have time. Uh, <laughs> not much. Um, so, uh, I don't know. Like some someone fun might be like a Joanna Gaines from Magnolia. Like just Ooh. that would just kind of be a really cool fun thing. And then <laughs> on a weird spectrum, not to sound weird, um, a Carmelite nun. And I don't know if it's just like, just for that prayer and quiet yeah. and just yes. to be around just holiness like that. Um, I don't know. So take Would you like a day where I just take the kids and you can turn our home into a monastery? We do that once in a while. Once in a while. It's not the same though. Mm -hmm. I understand. So folks, so blessed you're with us here in the season finale of the Family Road Trip Podcast. We're in the seventh week of saying yes to God's grace being poured out in dedicated times on a weekly basis. It doesn't need to end. Let me punctuate that. And um, over the, the seven weeks, we've asked some fun questions, some thoughtful, meaningful questions. And uh, the goal is that really we're discovering over time because it really happens over time. Mm. Try it once, certainly. Try it twice. But it's the commitment on a weekly basis to make it sacred, to really do it, to make it a priority that's a challenge, but the grace flows into that challenge. So what we're going to do now is uh, both the Beatties and Elmores sent into me some fun little video clips that I've edited so into cute. montages that are essentially um, asking their children uh, how they experience this, some things they like, maybe some things that they were challenged by. And so we're going to begin just by showing these montages, and then we're going to kind of talk about how we've been impacted again by saying yes to a dedicated time on a weekly basis to talking and praying. So um, I, obviously, if you're listening on the radio, great. If you're watching, even better. But if you're just listening on the radio, we really encourage you to go to ilovemyfamily.us either now or later to see these images because they truly are precious and uh, definitely worth taking the time to find them online. Rachel Beattie, you look a little nervous. You're like, uh-oh, really? What am I going to see? What's this going to look like? I'm like, you, know? you could have added out a couple of those kids probably. Oh, no, we're going to watch the whole thing. I'm kidding. What struck you in the ring? Oh. 
Hey Mac, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. So mm -hmm. what did you think about the Livet Guide? I really like, it's just like so much like God stuff, like all the fun parts. The fun parts? Yeah. I really learned a, a lot of the Bible. So we had a lot of parts that were pretty fun. We, we'd go around and we'd answer fun questions and then we'd talk about each other and then we would do prayers and then readings and then ask questions about the readings. What was your favorite part? <laughs> what struck you? What struck you? So that was one of the questions after the readings, right? Mm -hmm. And we would talk and learn about the reading. Mm -hmm. That was your favorite part? Mm -hmm. It's just like so peaceful and it, it's just like a, we only do it kind of like one by one. Like one reading by one reading yeah. and we ask questions about yeah. it. Like a person talks like one at a time. One at a time. And like every week we do a video. Do you think that now that the seven weeks is done that we should keep doing the Live It Guide? Mm -hmm. I think the routine of this is just perfect. I'm gonna let it Because like we do it right before night. And, and, and I just think that idea is just so good. Because I really like that. It's just... I don't know how to explain it. It's just like really good. It's really good. Yes. Yeah. You wanna keep doing it? I love it. So we had a challenge. You had to pick a goal over seven weeks what you were gonna to try to do better at. What did you pick? Um, helping. You wanna help more? Who'd you wanna help more? Dada. And have you done that? Uh-huh. I would say yes. You've done a great job being a big helper. Yeah. I've seen you holding doors for people at stores and at church. You've been a big helper around the house. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. We're going to keep doing it forever. Honk if you like to live it. Incense. Is that your incense? Yeah. Higher than the mountain, bigger than the ocean. Louder than the thunder, people shout your grace. I love Jesus. Isaac has a job as... Uh, CEO, sorry, Greg, of Mass Impact or PR person, Indeed. Trinity uh -oh. something. <laughs> He's hired. Um, again, listeners, if you are able to view it, I love my family.us. In particular, there's the last clip where they're actually singing Joseph Schleter's song, mm -hmm. one of his songs. But what's mm -hmm. most beautiful, you can hear their voices, but they are standing in front of a statue of Our Lady in their backyard, and all three boys are holding hands with. Mother Mary, and <laughs> it's just so precious. Very sweet. And very natural. Just so very natural. store what they just said, because we're gonna revisit it and talk about what was impactful, challenging, and all that sort of thing. Now we're gonna go to the Beaties. Woo woo. Can you tell us what was challenging for you to do the Live It Guide over the past seven weeks? Um, taking the time and sitting down with my family to do it. Putting aside the grudges that I had made earlier in the week because of different circumstances and being present there in the moment and being open to what other people had to say. I think the challenge for me was probably how awkward it was to apologize in front of everyone. Sitting still, I kind of wanted to play with my friends. I thought there was definitely some value including learning to be more humble. Praying. Praying. <laughs> yes. I think sharing in front of everyone how I actually like felt because I normally don't have like everyone's attention on me and 
sharing everything. Hi, I'm Anyas, and the challenge for me was when I was doing something, it was to like hassle myself into that room. And um, <laughs> what helped me was when I like I heard the gospel stories, and it like helped me through the day. I feel like. I got to know better ways that my siblings would want me to get to know them and um, just better questions to ask them or ideas. Nipple buns, hey. I think our family <laughs> grew closer together. What was something about doing the Live It Guide that you liked? Sitting down and being with my family. It helped me to understand the gospel more and like reflect on the readings. I liked um, hearing what everybody had to say and catching up with them and it's just very different to hear people's experiences when you're sit sitting down focused on that. I enjoyed learning more about my siblings. What was maybe one thing that you liked about doing the Olympic Guide? Um, being able to confess our sins to each other. I didn't like the out loud confessions because I feel like um, it it's meant for two people. You liked that part. Yep. Want to tell me some right now? Just kidding. <laughs> I really like the fun questions. Don't give up hope and just do your part, even if it seems like it's not working when you're doing small stuff. To try to um, help your family grow closer to Jesus or grow closer together. Put aside time and just like pray freely. Even if you can do small prayers at small times, even if it doesn't have to be a super long time, that's really good. Burn the ball inside. Yeah. Put the ball inside. Okay, thanks, please. <laughs> so beautiful, so moving. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yes, folks, you're with uh, Greg and Stephanie Schleter, Ignite Radio Live, the Family Road Trip podcast. And what you just heard were the children of the Beaties. Before that, the children of the Elmores. Just candidly, boldly, it takes some courage to speak publicly, to have a camera in your face, especially if it's your parents. I get it. <laughs> Our kids get it. It's a, it's a challenge for them. So first of all, thank them for doing a fabulous job, both of you guys, for being willing to do that, to break into that. And that alone, right, is to take a step on the water, to invite them to be courageous and get past their fears and inhibitions. And uh, wow, and you guys, both of you, just right out of the gates, Steph and I have to just acknowledge the tremendous um, leaders that you've been mm -hmm. as parents and in, in willing to do this, put that flag in the sand in your homes. You know, Beatties, your kids are a little older. There's a little bit more of a challenge. Um, they've been to wonderful camps. Let's just say this too. We know your children have experienced wonderful, dynamic, faith-filled environments and atmospheres, but it's a bit of a challenge when they're older to do it in our homes and to create an atmosphere and a culture to do that. And you get a little bit of that candor there because I can give testo testimony to the vitality in the BD house. But some of you who are listening, your kids have been to Damascus or they've been to attack or they've been to these retreat programs. The greatest challenge is transferring that dynamism from that place outside the home to within the home. You guys did it. You said yes to it and you're breaking through that ice, seeing it melt. Elmore's a little younger. Your kid's a little younger and we heard this from couples that they wish they began earlier where they don't have to kind of recover later on. They're becoming habituated towards this at an early age and we kind of see the dynamics of both your families. So those are my words of just what I get out of seeing both of those montage videos and uh, just want to open it up to both of your sharing. You know, what are some ways that you individually and in your marriages and in your families that you saw that you grew over the last seven weeks by doing this? 
I was really reflecting on this, how me like personally have changed throughout it. And at the beginning, I was just wanted it to be perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, a perfect, every time we did it, a perfect experience. But every time we did it, the more I relaxed, it was like almost the more beautiful it was. Mm. Like so, and Stephanie, you said something great. Like, even though my 21 month old might be running around, he's still hearing all of it. Right. And and just to enjoy the grace, even though there were some tough times, you know, during it all. I don't know, I just, me personally, I love control. Mm. And to let that control go with such freedom, even though you think control is your freedom. I don't know. It just mm-hmm. felt so peaceful and relaxing, which sometimes I'm not. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So. Well, Isaac, where did he come from in his <laughs> his eloquent, youthful leadership? What do you mean? There? Where did Talk he come from? It. Look at his mom just, and dad. Just his his <laughs> attunement to what's happening there and the movements of this and what what was the phrase he used? It was rather sophisticated. Like I liked we say that not the, the balance, the what routine. word did he use? The routine, <laughs> like just the way it's laid <laughs> out or something. It's just good. <laughs> was all him and what's so beautiful about Isaac is we kind of videotaped him three days in a row and it was almost like that third time he fine-tuned what he really wanted to say and it was like so from his heart not well this is what they would want to hear it was like just so Isaac I I love that again authenticity that came it was so authentic yeah yeah and and that's how our family kind of grew during this was just confidence mm-hmm. you know confidence to have tough discussions to confidence mm-hmm. to for me to try to explain the gospel reading to a kid mm-hmm. you know confidence of having these discussions and we saw that with him you know and the confidence to answer um, questions he he's a perfectionist who wants to say the right answer mm-hmm. to make us happy mm-hmm. or to get the right answer and to encourage him and to can, can constantly go to it he was able to speak more from the heart and understanding there wasn't a right or wrong answer. He was yeah. just expressing himself. That's so awesome. we saw a lot of growth in our kids in a way. That's awesome. That's great. BDs. I know as a family, I, it's brought up, you know, as the kids had shared in their um, short videos, uh, more of a closeness amongst us all, knowing knowing challenges or, you know, um, for the quieter kids, they've had the opportunity to uh, share. And, and so we've learned about, you know, each other more. And um, I've really appreciated it because as parents, you know, we're trying to lead our kids in the faith. And this is an avenue or a program that, you know, there's participation from the kids. You you pause and answer questions and and you go around and you share. And, uh, you know, some you might pick up a devotional book as a family, but a lot of that may be just, uh, you know, you reflect on the gospel reading or scripture and then and then there's a little little bit of a lesson afterwards but this was more personal and it it got the kids to uh to think more on their by themselves and how to apply it so that's that was a great help mm-hmm. to um you know because as parents we do want to lead our our, parent, our children to christ and uh this is you know it, it fills in the gap there of, of how to actually how to do that mm-hmm. i think okay. that they felt cared about mm-hmm. in a way um because I think like what you were saying, a lot of programs, we we teach them. But in this one, we're all kind of teaching each other. It's not mm. so much just centered on what mom and dad have to say about the gospel reading. It's like, what do you have to say? How is this in your heart? And so many times those camps that you referenced or those like youth ministry nights that are so good, we hear a little bit about them, 
but we're not a part of them. So the fantastic thing about this is that we we should be a part of this with our children. There are mm. so many things that are like pulling them away. There are, there are mm. sports and there are like exciting videos and funny things. And that took a really long time. And we're still always going to be working on this with our children. But to be, I think, sincere. I think that's mm. the thing that's hitting me. I think the the times that worked the best, like we had a very good, I felt like live it guide morning this morning, because I think we just had to keep reminding them like, Put your guard down. We don't need to crack jokes. We don't need mm. to say what we think is sort of funny. And just that kind of being real with your family. Because if if they're not going to be real with us, mm. they're not going to have that base to come home to. Mm. I mean, hopefully someday they'll go have their own families, but they're learning how to really connect and engage and be in the faith with us primarily. And then that will hopefully take them into their futures and they'll mm. see that tight that tight unit of we care this is that's important. so good that's so good yeah being safe to share and not be mocked great words I mean, we're still working on that but it's getting better you will so. be until they're 20 right. 30 40 that's <laughs> going to be happening um but oh, that's yeah. so good so important and i love something that that came out you didn't use the word per se but um my mind also went to when you have, when your kids are getting a little bit older, as yours are, BDs, it's so important for them to feel like they have a voice, you know, to feel mm-hmm. like they have, and it matters. And and especially, certainly, larger families are an incredible blessing. But I think um, it's also the challenge to be more aware and to work even harder sometimes to give them that platform to be heard, mm-hmm. to feel like they matter, to um, know that their voice is important. And, mm-hmm. So some words here that were shared, and I was very moved by each of you along this journey and punctuating some key themes here right now in the season finale, but words you both shared. Rachel Elmore, you said control. I'm there. Just a sense of control. Maybe implied in this is comfort. We like our comfort. We like our control. And many families, I'm going to submit, maybe languishing because they don't know how to break through comfort and control to open the door for meaningful relational connection, to be vulnerable, to be transparent about real issues. And uh, I just want to ask maybe how difficult was it and is it for each of you to create an environment or atmosphere where we break through that comfort, break through the control, and really truly try to be personable, try to be relational, try to be, dare I even say, intimate? How difficult is that? How did you experience that difficulty and how did you break through it? And maybe once you did break through it, what benefit did it, to, what benefit did it have to you personally? I, I could speak to that a little bit. I kind of noticed, frankly, you can't just sit down and do the live it guide once a week and then not have any connection with the kids all week. And then expect mm. that when you come to the live it guide, mm. people are going to share and feel right. connected. So, good. so I think it kind of goes, it's like a hand in glove. So I would notice, for example, like maybe Isaac's not going to be so willing to share, but the way that he experiences connection is we talk baseball. I go to his game. I show him interest. We play Frisbee in the yard. And that kind of like all, when he comes back to the living guide table and we're asking him, you need to share and you need to like let the others speak. He's more willing because he feels like we've gone through that effort with him. And so we just reap a lot more benefit mm. from constantly working on relationship. Mm. So mm-hmm. good. 
Mm-hmm. To build that relational currency is, is so good. Um, That's a good one. Others on the question of breaking through comfort and control to a place of real interpersonal intimacy. How difficult is it? What happened when you did it? Um, I kind of relate it to like starting a new exercise program, right? Like it's hard. You don't want to do it. Am I going to see the benefits? Mm -hmm. You know, like it's tough, but this is like a spiritual exercise, you know, it's for your soul. So I think our difficulty, you know, is to just establish the routine, like Isaac said, um, and then you do it and then it gets easier and then you see the beautiful, I like what Rachel said, it's like throughout the week, like, yeah, we have this one day or two days that we did it, but oh my gosh, the openness of the family, the rawness of their hearts, like Mm -hmm. throughout the week Mm -hmm. is because we spent that time together to Mm -hmm. share our hearts. so I, I just feel like the difficulty comes starting mm-hmm. and then you just feel it. You know, you don't have to hear it, but I can just see even today, Rocky rubbing Isaac's back oh. on a bench, you know, like, <laughs> I'm like, I mean, where did that stem from? It had to have been, you know, our love and our rawness, you know, during the week and mm-hmm. we'll just reap the benefits mm-hmm. throughout. So many of you are, go ahead, Steph. No, I was just going to say along those lines with both of you just having shared so beautifully um, the word investment, right? So um, I think, again, any time of spirituality with our family is blessed and graced and so important. But I think these types of things, right? The lit guide and that sharing and the apologies or just that... Um, diving in or malachiing in <laughs> a little deeper, um, like that takes investment, right? Because it is more of a, a a choice, is more of an effort, is more of something. But I think the benefit, you know, whether it's creating that environment or, um, you know, establishing a a deeper relational connection, a safer place, a um, tilling of the soil for throughout the week, you know, hand in glove, Rachel, that was such a great analogy. It's so true. Like to know that the investment matters and does pay off too often, especially as Catholics. um, I think it's, you know, we do the checklist thing. Well, we prayed this prayer or we did this or we did the God blesses and um, which again, I don't want to diminish any of that stuff. Any way that we can bring the Lord into everyday life is so important, but to really, um, teach our children, teach, help teach our spouses and be taught by our spouses, you know, that language of relationship of the faith is so, so, so beautiful and important. So some of our listeners may be familiar with Sherry Waddell's book, Forming Intentional Disciples. I encourage you to read it if you have not. It came out maybe five years ago, six years ago. And at the front end of this, she explores, and throughout, she explores data that reveals, gives a portrait of where are Catholics at. And two stats that I think she pulls really from Pew Research and other solid research entities. One is that no more than 10% of mass goers, so take the group of mass goers, which is start there, no more than 25% of all who call themselves Catholic, only 25% are regular mass goers. Of that group, 10%, only 10% even pray before meals. So if you were to ask the question like, you know, try, you really can't reduce a relationship with Jesus and intimacy to these sorts of disciplines. I got it. But they reveal our dispositions. Our disciplines 
ought to reveal our disposition. So back to that stat, that's like bare bones, right? Are we rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, yay God? Are we even doing that? And so if God is not being brought into our families in a relational way, um, I don't know, what is the hope for that to be, that, that lifeblood to carry us through the difficult times of life? How are they learning to cope with the things that are happening right now that seem so heavy, COVID stuff, you know, the race, racial issues that are happening, not to mention, you know, in work or friends or the whole circumstances. At our ages, we should know enough that we can't do this on our own, that it does take this what I just said, breaking through our comfort, breaking through our control, trusting in God, opening up that door. Think ourselves, what are the most meaningful moments we've had with friends or family? It's when somebody got honest. Maybe us, maybe somebody else. We're conflict, 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 spinning around and then somebody maybe says, I just want to be honest and share that I'm really hurt when, or you really hurt me when, and I don't want, you know, just that vulnerability, if you use the word raw, Teaching our children to be self-present in an intimate, transparent way is what's happening here. And we've said at the very beginning, we're forming our teens and our adults in our homes to do that and to do this well. And this is why we're saying even just once a week, start there. It should, as you, as you speak of, color the whole culture. It should color every moment of every day. We're all working towards that. But at least once a week, that's what this is about. Let's create a culture where we can be a little more intimate, a little more vulnerable, a little more transparent. And oh, by the way, if we can create that lifeblood flowing in our relationships and it can grow with them over time, by the time they become 22, 23, 24, another stat, they're not going to disappear. Again, a stat is by the time kids are 23, 79% leave their Catholic faith. And I'm going to submit to you another thought here and just get your feedback um, that a, a big reason isn't because they weren't catechized. It is a reason, but it isn't just because they didn't learn the truth or that they weren't sacramentalized. These are people who received the sacraments. Those are constants in this stat. What they missed, and we keep saying this again and again, is they missed <coughs> relationship in their homes connecting them to God, connecting them to one another. And I'm just going to say this as Catholics, we struggle with that. We struggle with understanding what it means to be truly relational with God. We got our prayers, right? Our beautiful, formal prayers that God gives us. Hopefully we're bringing our hearts to that. But to give permission for kids to be relational with one another and with their parents. Do you guys see that, I don't know, play out in your circles of friends and other families that have great commitment to religion, great commitment to ritual in those moments, but maybe see some of the struggle because of an absence of relationship? Classical Greg monologue and five <laughs> questions in the midst of that. And what are you asking me? Just looking for maybe your candor and validity of this challenge we face as Catholics and being truly relational in our homes. You know, uh, the gospel about the sower, right? Where are the seeds being sown? What kind of soil? What kind of ground? Um, the gospel reading coming up. I think that that relationship is the soil and that relationship starts in the home, mm -hmm. you know, and um, when they do go out to the world into the thorns and to all those things that are out there is, is that root system strong. And mm -hmm. I think that that's one where area we've grown in this. I think that's where that relationship comes in as well is I think that's, that's the soil. Mm -hmm. I think it's all in that relationship. I mean, life is kind of all about relationships. Um, and I, I can't, I'm not sure that I could look, I can't call to mind any like thoughts of other families because I'm not quite sure how relationship dynamics play, but I know for us, I think 
I think reconciliation is such a big deal, mm-hmm. like with God and with each other, just the ability to start fresh and to let each other out of preconceived boxes. Mm-hmm. Like our kids need to know that we don't think of them as this kind of a person. So, so that maybe the relationship with God, they're going to be more willing to not be like, I'm such a terrible person and I, why bother? And mm-hmm. I'm just this kind of person, but just, you know, I just, I think if we can foster more reconciliation and be free, they can be free to just keep coming to God because he loves them, not because they have to keep steeping in their sin, but just like, let's move on. You know, let's Mm -hmm. start fresh, you know, keep going. So a little snapshot of Schleter history. We are seven children and our family has not been without its struggles and challenges in the wide range of sin and culture. And my parents have spoken of this and they are phenomenal parents. I mean, they were the upper 1% of forming us in the truth of our Catholic faith, bringing us together in prayer, alerting us to the challenges of the culture in the 70s and in the 80s when we grew up. Um, Any, I'll say this, difficult, any sinful decision that any of us made in the Schleter home was not because of my parents. It was in spite of my parents. Let me put, put it that way. That said, my dad, who was very busy, he was a hospital president, and all he learned was the dads provide. They, um, you know, attend to maybe my dad as a soccer coach in significant ways, symbolic ways. He was delight, delighted to take us on vacation once a year, a Crandon annual vacation for a week. Though these moments that were very rich and very meaningful, most dads did not inherit a relational approach to being a father, and he would admit this. So many years later, I would say after all of us have navigated through the difficulties of adolescence and those choices, my dad wrote each of us a letter, and in so many words it said, I wanna tell you that I love you, and I've tried my best, I am imperfect. And as a result of my imperfection, now this is key, think about this, from your dad. I got this from my dad, we all got this from our dad. Um, Because of my imperfection, you will inherit challenges in your own life, difficulties, things broken that you're gonna need to have to work out. I can't fix them. And I urge you to bring this to Christ. I urge you to bring it to God and seek that kind of healing that you need. So contained in that letter was a profound baton handing us off to a loving father in heaven who is one who can heal us, who can strengthen us. And it also was a way, I think, with whatever maybe ghosts that may be haunting any child, us in this case, but think any of you are listening right now, your own parents, any ghosts that may be haunting of us, what they did or didn't do, well, we're set free because of his acknowledgement of his imperfection. So that directly translated into me factoring in to my parenting as a father with my kids frequently, sitting them down and saying, you know what, I am fallen, I'm incomplete, I'm imperfect. I ask for your prayers, I ask you to pray for me, and I really want your advice. What are ways that I can be a better father? What are ways that I can more fully, you know, be the heart of the Father in heaven, which is always gonna fall short, but to you and with you? That has, I will say singularly, was a great humbling, but, um conduit of grace and relationship with our children when we find ourselves over time kind of going in different courses just because life does that. We get busy, they get busy, they become teenagers and we lose track, we lose that relational connectivity. To do that as a father, in my case, or as a mom, opens up that door. It opens up the door for reconnect, it opens the door for grace and it shows them also how to be maybe acknowledging of their own imperfection and to maybe not be so judgmental. So I'm saying to you parents right now, grandparents, 
Your children maybe aren't in the faith, they're not living it. Or maybe they're practicing it, but they're not necessarily dynamic in knowing Christ's love. It's not over. And even today, you can approach them, keep praying for them and for the Father's heart for them. And I encourage you to, to, to approach them and maybe find that time and the place to say, you know, I was imperfect. I didn't do everything correctly and I apologize for that. I wanna be a better father in my case, a better mother. And I wanna receive whatever feedback you have for me. I just wanna listen. I just wanna listen. I don't wanna defend or give reasons or excuses. I just wanna listen. That alone, to give them the opportunity to hear you say that and to hear what they have to say, trust me, is a game changer, a huge game changer. You could be the one like yeah. you could be the one and I'll say we've seen that happen powerfully from this program in fact where people the next week approached a family member in some case a parent and were the ones to say you know I haven't been the best child the best sister the best brother and I want to be a better and I ask for your prayers and I want I want your feedback I, I really believe that deep inside of us is an awareness of the ways we've fallen and the ways in which we've, we've sinned. And that means others too, but they're never given an opportunity because they're, they're battling against it, the shame, guilt, and they have the excuse that, you know, I don't know. Well, we know hurting people hurt people yeah. too. And healing people mm. heal people. Mm. You guys are amazing. Um, so I wanna, I wanna turn this mm. at the end of this, uh, at the end of this season finale to the question, think of, beloved family and friends who have children and parents, most likely those who are going to mass, they're faithful, they're, they're trying to form their children in the faith as best as they can. But all that we have been diving into these past seven weeks represent a struggle, a challenge, for all the reasons that it does. I don't have the time, or I didn't inherit, this is weird, how do I get my kids away from their devices? How do we make this a significant thing? Um, what advice might you give to them to take a simple step, even just next week. So just from your experience over the last seven weeks, what encouragement would you give to that couple? Yeah, I would say uh, to stick with it. Um, some weeks for us, it, it, as mentioned, it was kind of uh, something that we tried to, to get through just to check it off the list. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, set aside the time. Mm -hmm. uh, it does take 45 minutes. Um, and, and plan for that and don't try to rush through it because mm -hmm. um, the kids will be more open to sharing. And, mm -hmm. and of course, the, you know, the first rule, the, the rules for the, the uh, Livid Guide, Greg lists mm -hmm. at the top is to you know, have an atmosphere without distractions. But the number one rule was to, to love one another, to mm -hmm. respect one another, not, mm -hmm. not uh, well, to encourage one another to share, not cut each other off or interrupt. And, uh, you know, for some of our kids, that's, that's what they normally do throughout the day. So it's uh, a focus, a challenge for us. And uh, so having the routine of doing this multiple weeks, um, they learn to uh, know the rules and to respect it more and to and to actually, you know, listen and encourage one another. Um, so at first it wasn't easy, but I, I'd, I'd encourage you to, to hang in there and, and um, it's definitely worth, worth the, um, the focus. And I think that something that I think would be helpful is to kind of normalize it into the week. So mm. I think we've talked before about, so the challenge, for example, I thought it was nice when we would remember to ask, how is everybody doing on your challenge? Mm -hmm. Because if we didn't, then we would come to the 
live it by day and people be like, I forgot what that is or mm-hmm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So just that we're kind of keep working on that. And even sometimes the questions like asking at dinner, mm-hmm. you know, just some of the fun questions because it keeps the spirit of openness um, there. So we just see it. it's almost like a change of how our family will communicate and operate rather than just great. like one time a week we go there. That's great. Excellent. Great advice. <laughs> Elmore's. I think it's excuse me. I think it's important to be honest with yourself about where your family's at on a relationship level. Mm, yes. You are not going to sit down and pull the deepest confessions out of your child right. at dinner. If you, if you guys normally eat with devices and TV, so be honest with your family and start with where you mm. think you're at. So if it's okay, we're going to put down this and we're going to ask each other what each other's favorite ice cream is. Like that's a good segue in building that relationship. Mm-hmm. So be honest with yourself and what you think you can handle and build on that. Mm. Yeah, and I think um, play around with it. Mm. You know, we tried snacks, no snacks, this room, that room, the car. <laughs> but man, when we found our rhythm mm. and what worked, mm. they were asking us to do it because mm. it felt good, it felt right, it felt peaceful for them. So I think find your rhythm and and what fits your family and and just do it i'm begging you i mean we have the opportunity to see a lot a lot of families hundreds of families Mm -hmm. you know which ones are different Mm -hmm. and then there's families and leaders i gush over you but there's families that come in and i i say i want that Mm -hmm. and then when people see my family I want them to say, I want that. How did they do that? And it starts with the live it Mm -hmm. and extra prayers outside of meals, outside of bedtime. And that being that relationship with each other and, and showing them what a relationship with Christ can be like. Mm -hmm. So So good. A few weeks ago, we led in the live it, uh, Family Road Trip podcast episode with Father Mike Scanlon's prophecy from 1976, which resonates with Akita, resonates with scripture throughout the ages, and really three main points that are relevant to this. Uh, Number one, institutions will collapse. Human institutions will fall. Specifically, Father Mike Scanlon mentions economic systems. He mentions even churches will be boarded up. He mentions civil unrest. And, you know, so a page out of Matthew 7 where it says, build your home on rock versus shifting sand. If we're building our meaning and our value on these institutions and they fall, we will fall with them. So point two is radical reliance on Christ. And point three is interdependence. Do we not see these things happening around us in culture right now? And if not the family, if the family isn't the place to foster a true radical reliance on Christ, which is very different from just professing Christ. It's very different from being religious and hitting those right moments. It is an awakening to Christ's real presence and his real love to foster that and to be aware that all that we are is dependent upon him. And then secondly, that we are interdependent in our marriages and our families I mean, if we can do this, as you guys are describing it, you know, our kids are going to be strong and they're going to reach others. As you guys, I have to just give a, just the praise, the shout out at at the end of this, this finale of episode five, 
I'm a better man, I'm a better husband, I'm a better neighbor because of you Elmores and because of you Beatties. Mm -hmm. Because you had the courage to, to reach places you hadn't gone before. You had the courage to keep pressing in in spite of whatever challenges with time mm -hmm. or your kids, whatever ages with that. Um, just that testimony alone has profoundly blessed me and I am just extremely grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And I only know it's gonna reverberate. It's gonna reverberate beyond us and those who are listening to this. So I'm so grateful for you guys. Before we land this, are there any final things that are burning in your heart, prophetic thoughts, words, encouragements? So when you picked your nose when you were seven and I watched you pull out a bomb, <laughs> just kidding. <kept. laughs> well, you were, so, you're 10 years younger than me, so that must have been okay. from the vantage in heaven. <laughs> Impressive. Okay. That's right. <laughs> so at any rate, no, I just wanted to thank you guys. It was definitely not something that we like it was kind of a last minute jump in and we were like oh lord in heaven above how are we going <laughs> to do this like once a week and it's long and our kids don't want to do it but i and and then doing these video things like i'm intensely way too much like like what are people thinking i shouldn't have said that like i'm always i have to let go of my people pleasingness but mm -hmm. anyway all that said I'm truly, really glad to have done this and I'm grateful for you guys because mm. I really do genuinely mm. see a lot of fruits of this and I feel you, you guys have done a really good, sensitive job of interviewing, mm. I think, so that, mm. you know, as awkward as we were, like, I think that you brought out a lot of goodness, you know, that we wouldn't otherwise have been able to maybe share, mm. maybe helped us see some good in our family because sometimes... We're like, oh, we stink. So, but <laughs> sometimes it's like an understatement. But I think doing this and then also meeting with you guys and being inspired by the Elmores and your mm. stories and just like um, relearning that like that verb, that passion for raising the little ones mm. with the same, I that that's all really inspired us and has added to what will ultimately be our family story. So, thank you. That's awesome. Thank you, Greg. Thanks thank for you. the gift and you great. both are. Yeah. So good. Um, a couple of things we'd like to share is um, BDs. We heard from many people how much people enjoyed listening to you. So, and so did we in meeting you. And it's been beautiful. We are so thankful to the Schleeders um, for introducing this while our kids are at their age. Like, we just feel so blessed that mm. we get to start now. And like you mm. said, not retrain. Mm. I just think we're in such a formation age right now that it's a part of our life. But we finally want to share that we gave up. We decided to offer this time up because it's a little bit of a sacrifice to find a home. And we shared on the first episode that we put an offer in on a home and what God's beautiful gift for us, we close on the day this is airing. Uh, so, yay. I mean, wow. is that God speaking to us or Amen. what? Wow. Amen. So, oh, I just got chills. It's awesome. We were, we were supposed to close yesterday. And if we would have, I wouldn't, we wouldn't be here right now. We said, <laughs> no, we put our time in all done. Yes, so, sorry. The banker didn't tell you that I called him. There, no, I'm sorry, there. sorry, sorry. <laughs> and I hear you have a pretty awesome moving team helping you on the day yeah. of this broadcast. 
Did I use the word awesome? I think I need to get awesome <laughs> in a few more times. Gregory. Blessings to those wonderful people. Yeah. God is so good. Yeah. See, he can never be outdone in generosity, as the saying goes. Right. <laughs> Folks, thank you all who are listening and have been journeying with us and just really, you know, hearing God's voice, summoning us to ever greater intimacy with him. Isn't that the purpose of every part of life? And that our eyes are hopefully opened, I don't know, all the more to see that our lives are custom-designed retreat. Think about that. Let us leave you with that thought that every seemingly ordinary, inconsequential moment of being a spouse, of being a parent, of work, is custom designed by God to draw us into greater intimacy with him and all those around us. If if just, quote unquote, that happens, will we not see a fulfillment of that prayer that we pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, not just as something from afar, but that we are instruments of its answer. Think about that. We're not just praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. We become aware that God is answering that prayer through us and making our places sacred, making our marriages sacred, making our families sacred. At the end of the day, that's just what we desire. We're not there. We're far from it. But how beautiful that Jesus Christ revealed to us that destination in our nature that is worthy of our sacrifice. It's worthy of perseverance. It's worthy for many of us listening right now of getting up no matter how many times you've fallen. We just renounce the work of the enemy who's maybe beating you up and making you feel shameful for whatever's happened in your marriage or in your family. We renounce it. This moment right now is a new moment of grace. It's a new moment of awakening. It's a new moment of outpouring. The Holy Spirit is brand new, working in a powerful way right now. And God needs you. He's appointed you and anointed you to receive that grace right now. And you're not alone. We get to receive this together. We get to journey together, tripping over our own legs sometimes, right? Fumbling sometimes, but we get to do it together. And that's what this is all about. So please join us. Go to ilovemyfamily.us. Get on board this awesome journey to eternity. We love you all. God bless you all. And thank you so much for it. Let it continue. Until next time, God bless. Uh